All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Podcast. I'm Joe Bond, content manager of so-called fantasy experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host is AJ Applegarth. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, just ready to get this show rolling. I figured, uh, figured I'd throw some love out to Coldplay, our almost forgotten at this point Super Bowl halftime show because they got kind of upstaged by Beyonce and, and Bruno Mars. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, I don't yeah, know. I call it upstaged as much as uh, taken over. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, was, I was hoping to see more of them and less of Beyonce. I don't know why everybody is I'm so not all over her. Beyonce either, she's, she's so overrated. Sorry, Bay, but you're overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you on that, but I feel like we're in the minority there, but I'm not a huge fan of hers. I like Bruno Mars. Clearly, I've had his music on here a bunch of times before, so yeah. Yeah, I like I like Bruno. I thought he did a great job. Um, yeah, he did awesome two years I'm ago. Glad. He did awesome this year. It was great. Great. Yeah, I'm glad that he was he was on. But yeah, I kind of just stopped paying attention when she came on and uh, started paying attention again when Coldplay came back out. Yeah. But uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, man, what do you think of it? Uh, I was pretty pretty happy with the result. Uh, definitely was rooting for for Denver and uh, Mister Mister Peyton Manning. Um, I'm pretty sure if I wasn't, my wife would have uh, divorced me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was you know it was it was his game to to win, I think. Um, Cam's got plenty of years ahead of him. He'll be back in that game. I, I absolutely see that. Um, you know, maybe as early as next year when they get Kelvin Benjamin back, they can keep their defense intact and get a little help for Norman. But, um, you know, the best part about it was that Manning wasn't even the star of that game. Uh, I mean, he he was – basically overshadowed by their defense. Their their defense is absolutely astounding. Um, you know what uh what Big Wade has done with them is is something else. Yeah, I mean we we had a few people over for the Super Bowl and uh <clears throat> we were all sitting here talking like happy through the second quarter, just like if if the game stays on this trajectory you know low scoring game von miller is taking this mvp home easily he's dominated like yeah. already and he just kept dominating like it was so obvious that he was going to take on the mvp and yeah peyton manning did pretty much nothing the entire game <laughs> so yeah. um it's time for him to walk away you know good for him to not take take the spotlight away from the team and announce his retirement like immediately after the game um um, you know, he sold a soul to Budweiser, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> well, I had uh, about that, and he <laughs> he uh, he gave a little shout out to Bud Light before because he apparently is like a part owner in some um, of their distribution centers in, I believe, Louisiana. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of funny. There was there was some talk about that, and I saw you know, some follow-up tweets about the initial one, like, oh, we did not pay Peyton Manning to say this, and, you know, we were just as surprised and happy as everyone else or whatever. So that was kind of funny, though. It, yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, he specifically said the exact same line twice. It, was just, it seemed a little <laughs> too scripted, but funny at the same time. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um yeah, it's always a fun game. Had some people over, like I said, and so I always enjoy it. Would I like a little bit more offense, a little more explosion? Yeah, but you know what? What are you gonna do? Defense, yeah. defensive games are fun to watch sometimes too. But um, so what was your favorite commercial? Oof. Uh, I felt like the Doritos commercials were pretty good. Um, you kind of have to almost expect that from Doritos now because they've clearly put a lot of time and effort into their Super Bowl commercials. 
Um, I and I don't remember if this one was a Doritos commercial, but the one with the puppy monkey, whatever. No, that was. I don't think thing. that was. That was like a Mountain Dew commercial. That thing was weird. Yeah, I can't think of what the third part of it was, but that thing. I I remember seeing a picture of it beforehand. I I don't know if it was like some sneak preview of commercials to to come on Super Bowl Sunday or something like that. And I just saw this picture with a pug face and a monkey body and whatever else, uh, wings or something. I'm like, what? What the hell is this thing? But yeah, I thought that one was kind of funny. Um, yeah, no, that was quite possibly one of the creepiest commercials I've ever seen. But um, my favorite commercial was the uh, as a fairly new dad i kind of liked the kevin hart commercial the one with the uh car that you can yeah. track that was pretty funny um yeah that, so that i like i like that I, one i got a shout out on uh shout out from my buddy on facebook for that one he posted <laughs> that up and said oh this could be aj a couple of years although somebody was like are, are you gonna is i are you gonna buy that car for for charlotte when she, when she gets older and i'm like i hope that that's a more standard feature on cars when she gets older and i don't have to buy a hyundai <laughs> exactly but yes i may have to <laughs> so um my second favorite commercial was the bud light one with um i can't think of their names right now but the one where they're like the presidential candidates or whatever for bud light i thought it was oh, kind of yeah. funny and Schumer, yeah. Amy Schumer, and uh, yeah, uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, yeah. I'm totally yeah, that's blanking on the names, but yeah, I mean that's funny. It's hard to not have the, those two in there to have it not be funny, but yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I wanted to start off with a little Super Bowl talk. Not a whole lot, you know, going on there really. It's the Super Bowl. Um. But what we are going to do today is we're going to start off our Fancy Baseball 2016 position previews. And tonight we're going to do the first base and the catchers. And we're going to start with with catchers here. Don't we need a catcher? Not if you get it near the plate, we don't. So there you go. A little, little line the quiz. Do you know where that's from? Oh, mm, bad news, Bears. Nah, it's actually uh, it's actually Field of Dreams. Ah, been yeah. a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can lie. I don't think I would have gotten that either had I not looked up the looked up the line. But uh, but anyway, so for catchers, you know, for the last few years, it's kind of like Buster Posey, and then who's next? You know, you've gotten guys that have closed the gap and then kind of disappeared the years after they've done that. So you've had Luke, Jonathan LaCroix, Devin Mazzarocco, um, you know, you've had a couple of the guys kind of think about getting in the mix, but they just don't do it. And this year, you know, you get Kyle Schwarber who isn't, going to play playing catcher, but he's going to have catcher eligibility. So that's definitely going to help him. He should stay on the field a little longer. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's still, you know, Posey. And then to me, it's still Posey and the rest. And, um, you know, to me, like it kind of, like I always kind of wait on catchers. I don't pay up for the Poseys. You know, we talked about this a little last week when we did yeah. the FSCA draft. Uh, review and Posey went in the second round. In fact, Schwarber went in the second round of that league too, which was kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I, I don't like to pay up for my catcher. I, I kind of think of it as like the tight end of of football. You know, you got Gronk, and then like this year you had Greg Olson, and those guys went early. In most other years, you've had Gronk and Jimmy Graham, and you know those guys were going real, real early. And yeah, it's awesome to have the best guy at that one position and separate yourself from that one position. But the price you pay to get that best guy means you're passing up on other good players who are probably going to outperform 
that top player at that position. So in this case, Posey, like a guy you can outfield or, or a first baseman or something like that that you could get in the second in the second round, most likely is going to outperform Buster Posey in most categories. Um, yeah. So to me, like just the overall value you get from getting somebody that's not catcher uh, in that that early. And just wait a little bit, you know, get a guy who's, you know, good enough. You know, like they're all kind of the same after that, to be perfectly honest, up until like maybe 12, 13, 14, 15 range. Um, you know, that's that's my take on it. I, I don't know if you kind of – I don't know if you totally agree with that or, or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really going – I'm not going after Posey. Um I like the guy. He he is a stud, and it's a, a weak position. But the thing I I see about it is, with it being a weak position, everybody except for the guy who's going to reach on a posy is in that same boat. So everyone's going to still have a fairly average guy. Um, I mean, I was looking at the stats earlier today when I was trying to pick out a couple of guys for for our, our conversation tonight. Um, and one of the things that surprised me was Brian McCann, like how, how good he's been the past couple of years. And I mean, he's been good over his career. Um, but I was a little shocked to see that, but for the most part, I'm not, I'm not wasting high draft picks on a weak position like that, where you're really not getting an advantage over your opponents. Um, when you could be getting an advantage in, you know, another weak position such as second base, or if you're trying to load up on outfielders, depending on how many start in your league, I'd, I'd rather go yep. for for one of those positions in these earlier rounds. Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, so it sounds like we we pretty much agree there. Um, one of the other kind of debates on this. On this uh, uh, the, on this position is when you're in those. So we're at. Sounds like we're both kind of focusing on one catcher leagues when we say this, but there are a lot of leagues out there that play two catchers, and in that case, I kind of think I still wouldn't pay up for Posey because I think he still just costs too much. But yeah, would you reach a little more and say get go after you know Jonathan Lucroy who's like number three on the list or you know. The the other guys that are you know four five six like even in a, like in a one catcher league I'm probably letting most of those guys go too unless they just fall incredibly late. Um, but what's your take on the two catcher league? Yeah, in a two catcher league, I definitely think that you need to jump up and get it. Um, at least get one of the more solid producers um, because at that point it's kind of a fairly weak position, but you need two of them. So you don't want to be too weak at a weak position and and just have guys that you're plugging in there just for the sake of, you know, having a roster spot, you know, and hoping that you catch lightning in a bottle or something. Um, But at that point, I'm definitely looking maybe as early as round four or five, um, but it, it also depends on how, you know, the rest of the draft is, is going and how everyone else is drafting. I think, you know, once you're still going to see Posey go early in that round, you know, once maybe the second and third guy come off, if you're not taking one of them, I think that's the time you might want to strike and get one of these other guys that's that's kind of right in that, you know, three, four, five, six, seven range of of the the draft uh I'm sorry of the rankings yeah i'm I'm kinda you know I, I do play in one double in one two catcher league, and I've always kinda it, so it's an auction league, so it's it's a little different when you're not talking about rounds, obviously, but I think I've spent a total of like fifteen dollars on both of my catchers. Yeah, each year I've played and I've gotten second place both times. Maybe maybe I should pay twenty dollars and maybe I'll win it. I don't know, but maybe I'll go down to fifth place too. You know, it's kind of like that. I, I just I don't like to pay up for it, but my catches have always been decent enough. Um, 
And last year, I mean, it helped. I was able to snatch up Schwarber before he got called up. So I was able to use him for the last half of the year. So it definitely helped. But, like, you know, I had decent enough catchers. They, I kind of, in that league, I just kind of go after guys that are going to hit for somewhat of a decent average and, you know, just hope it turns into counting stat production. Um, it's not always as easy to do, but I still just, I don't know, I still just don't like to pay up for this position. I like to just kind of get whatever's kind of there. You know, I don't want the, the worst guy, but I don't yeah. want the best. You know, I don't want the top two or three, um, you know, like in football, tight ends. You know, I ne- I didn't pay up for any, any of these guys. And granted, there were a ton of stud tight ends this year late. So kind of lucked out and got a couple of them in, in the various drafts I was in. But, you know, that same type of thing can happen with the catcher. I mean, Mezzarocco, like, who thought that that guy was going to be good two years ago? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Sal Perez, the year that he broke out. Like, you know, all these guys kind of – there is one or two every year that just kind of pop up, and you're like, hey, all right. So, I don't like to pay up for it. That's just my opinion. <clears throat> so, moving on um, – you know, we 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 mentioned Devin Devin Mazzarocco already. One of the one of the big questions coming in is there are a few catchers coming off of injured seasons or seasons where they only played you know a portion of the year because they were coming off an injury last year. And two big names is Devin Mazzarocco and Matt Weiders. My question to you: Do you trust? either one of these guys this year to be your starting catcher? Well, I'm, I'm not going to trust Mazzarocco. Um, and I actually did have him when he broke out. I was the first one to pick him up, thankfully. And I enjoyed the ride, but I remember watching the owner of him last year just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting for him to even get on the field and he was such a question mark that I would rather let someone else reach to get him thinking that, Oh, it was just a fluke year. It was an injury riddled campaign last year. He's going to be back to, you know, his 2014 playing and let them waste their earlier draft pick. And then I'm going to go and grab somebody else that's going to actually help me. Uh, not to say that I think he's he doesn't have the potential to break back out, but I mean, just after seeing everything that he went through last year, it's it's not worth it to me. And you look at his stats between you know 2013 and 2014, he had only 11 games more played in 2014. And he just completely demolished compared to what he had in 2013. Um, you know, 2013 was really more along his career statistics. Uh, he had a 238 average in 13, and he finished last year, or I'm sorry, 2014 with a 273 average. Uh, I mean, that's a huge jump. But he also had 40 more strikeouts, um, and also had you know almost 20 more walks. Uh, I mean, he's, like, doubled his production in almost every category. So it's just – it's really weird to me how all of a sudden, boom, he just puts it together, and and, and he's there, and he's jumping 40 points in in average almost. I mean, obviously, if you're hitting the ball better, you're going to get more home runs. You're going to get more RBIs. You're going to get on base more. But I'm not not taking the time or earlier draft picks – for him. Um, but the other guy that we have here, Weeders, I I like Weeders a lot. I mean, I've always liked Weeders. The only thing he can't do is run because he's the slowest man on the team. Um, mm. But when he's in that lineup and he's healthy, he just adds so much more to the game. And I, I would take a chance on him this year. I mean, he played pretty well last year. Um for the games that he was in. So I think if he can kind of build on that, plus he's 
looking at a contract. You know, he 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 took a risk on himself by signing the one-year deal to come back to to Baltimore and you know try to make his name again. Um, and, and it's a horrific injury in general. We talk about Tommy John all the time in pitchers. You very rarely hear about it with any other players, but if anyone's going to get it, it makes sense that it would be a catcher, I guess, because they're the ones, you know, throwing out gunning guys down at second, so uh, or first or, or third. But it was just such a a weird injury to me, and I think that he'll be able to recover from it. He's already shown signs of it, so I'm trusting leaders much more than I am Mazzarocco. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm kind of with you, but I'm I'm trusting Mazzarocco as long as he doesn't go like as the number five or six catcher. If he falls to me as like number 10, 11, 12 catcher, I'll probably take a chance on him because I figure the upside he gives me is so much greater than the rest of the guys in that, in that area of catchers that I'm willing to take the risk. Like I could take a guy who, yeah, is probably going to play the whole year, but he's going to be no different than the 17th catcher that I would have taken. So I, you know, why take him? I'll take the guy that it could be a top three catcher. If he, if he could play all year and if he gets hurt, I'll just go pick up the next best guy. And uh, it'll be like, I just drafted, I basically could have drafted him there anyway. Um, mm-hmm. That's my take on it. I'm kind of with you though. Like it's huge injury risk. Like you've really got to roll the dice and, and be, comfortable with the rest of your team to take that kind of risk on uh with matt weeders a hundred percent agree with you hundred percent the guy took a chance it's almost eerily similar to the joe flacco situation like he's like Mm -hmm. nope i'm gonna take my contract as is right now and bet on myself to be the best there is and then you guys are gonna have to pay me or i'm gonna walk and go get paid like i'm paid either way it's the way he's saying so um And look, the Orioles do not like to give out money like this. So, although they paid a ton of money for Chris Davis, but you know they don't usually like to pay that kind of money for those. I think they just expected him to walk. Um, yeah. But if you know they're going to be paying him that kind of money this year, and they very damn well know he's probably gone next year. Um, why they're not going to hold him back? Why are they going to protect him so he can go play for the Yankees next year? You know, like, who cares? Um, so I think they're just going to play him a ton until his arm possibly falls off. Or he's yeah. going to hit 30 – or he's going to be, you know, a 30 home run catcher batting 250 because that's what he does. Um, yeah. Well, I think Weeders is going to – could possibly crush this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you there. <clears throat> Yeah, one more thing about him. Before his injury in 2014, he was hitting over 300. I mean, he had a 308 average, and granted, it's a small sample size of only 26 games played, but he already had five homers, 18 RBIs, you know, and and that that average. So that shows me that he came out ready to roll in 2014, um, and. Then he had the injury, and then he came back last year. And like I said, I think I think he played pretty well for for what you know what he had in seventy five games. So he didn't kill you. Yeah, I'm 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 not banking on that average being up there. He's no. never had an average no, that, even mean, close to that. There's, there's just no way. So you know, even last year in the seventy five games he played, he was a you know well above his average. So I just think it's nice to see, but like I said, it's a small sample size. But if oh, yeah, if it's anything that what he's capable of doing, you know, even even if he hits, you know, thirty points over his average, he's still he he's crushing it for you. He, he's not hurting your average category right. at all. So no. yeah, I mean, and, you know. And, We've said it before, batting averages aren't quite what they used to be, so it's not as big of a deal. But, um, so I mean, you know, that I kind of think that kind of covers it for for catchers. I mean, I don't know if you've got 
any other kind of hot topics you want to bring up. But if not, we can just move on to our sleepers and busts here for it. Yeah, let's move on. I mean, that's like I said, it's it's kind of a weaker position, and everybody's <clears throat> really in the same boat unless you're reaching for Posey. So. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and and start here with my <clears throat> with my sleeper pick, and and I've got a couple. Although you know, I'm only gonna, I'm just gonna like briefly mention the one. I I do like JT Romuto. I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, I think he's gonna be. I think he's kind of on a lot of people's radars as far as like the sleeper pick for Casher. But you can get him really late. You know, he's still being just passed up in in leagues right now. Uh, but but my my sleeper that a lot of people probably aren't paying attention to a lot is Blake Sweetheart from Boston. He got he got the chance last year when uh, both of the catchers there ahead of him got hurt, and he ended up being just about the everyday catcher. Um, he didn't start off great. His, his you know his first half although he only played like 40 games in the first half, wasn't all that great. But his his second half last year was really promising. Uh, a 3 of 3 average, 20 RBI, 20 runs in 44 games. So, it, you know, if he can keep that up and have a more solidified role this year, I think he can be, you know, a top 12 guy that you can get, you know, in the last round if you really want. Yeah, my uh... – my super player uh, is a guy who I really liked last year, and, and I think he was kind of riding the waivers here and there for a while um, until he finally got picked up for good. But I'm looking at Derek Norris this year. Um, you know, he played in 147 games last year, which is huge for a catcher. Um, and and he, he didn't kill you an average with a 250, so not not bad, but not great. Um, and he also had solid power with 14 homers and 62 RBIs. And to top it all off, he had four stolen bases. So I don't want to say he's a, a five-category guy, but... Um, no, he's not know, a catcher. It is. Exactly. I mean, the, the stolen bases are just like a nice little, you know, added caveat. But he can be had pretty late, and uh, and he's a guy who's, He's going to help you more than he'll hurt you. So I like I like Norris this year. All right. But my uh, my bust this year, we'll go ahead and start it off. We kind of already mentioned him. Uh, I'm going with Schwarber here. Uh, I think you're going to be paying too much for a potential sophomore slump. Um, he, you know, he has way too many strikeouts. What? Um, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not killing you in, in most leagues unless you're getting banged for strikeouts in the category of the league or, or, you know, if you lose points in your points leagues for strikeouts. So that that scares me, um, especially when you you have to reach on him potentially in the second round, which we've seen. So uh, the other, the other uh, bad point about him is, that he's going to be moving to the outfield this year, he's not going to be behind the plate. So you'll be able to plug him into that weak position this year, but he's most likely losing that eligibility next year. And if, if you have him in the keeper league, um, you know, or in your dynasty league, he's he's not going to be worth as much next year and, and moving forward. Yeah, Um you know, it, it, as much as I, I put up the minion, what sound on you, I, I tend to agree. I actually wrote about that a little bit in my in my catcher preview for fantasy six pack, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to call him a true bust, but I don't think he's returning value this year for where people are drafting him. You know, he's going in second, third, fourth round, um, in every league right now. I just think it's way too high. I think people are getting really excited about the 16 home runs that he hit last year in limited time. And, you know, his, you know, I think you mentioned it. His strikeout rate is atrocious. Um, it's, 
it's it was bad in the minors. Got somehow it actually got better in a little bit better in the majors uh, between AAA. Although he only did that 17 games, and he, but striking out 35% of the time in 17 games of AAA is bad. Coming to the majors and striking out 28% of the time is bad. You know, if he is not just crushing the ball almost every other time he hits it, he's not going to return value. And I'm afraid what's going to happen is if he doesn't hit very well, you know, and he and his bat's cold, Joe Madden's going to rip it out of the outfield because his defense isn't any good either. He's a negative 3.4 yeah. defensive rating on fan graphs. That's not good. That includes some of the catcher where he actually had a positive rating, I believe. So he's he's going to get pulled even in games that he is playing well. You know, if they don't need his bat and they need to, like, just keep the lead in the eighth and the ninth inning, are they going to sit him down so he's going to get one less at bat every, you know, few games because the Cubs are winning and they just need to put a defensive player out there? Um, yeah. You know, those are things that you really have to worry about with him. And, you know, that's something I didn't even really think about with him is, especially in dynasty leagues, he's losing catcher eligibility after this next year. That's spot on, man. I didn't even think of that for some reason. And, yeah. you know, it's it's just <clears> – <throat> If he's not just if he if he's not crushing the ball, then he's really going to be hurting you. Um, I mean, you got to think about like even even last year after he came up, you know his his first his first I don't know full month I guess June July he he you know he came up he had six games in July batting three sixty four then then in July he was or sorry June he was batting three sixty four in six games. In July, it was 302. But then when he got more regular playing time, it was down to 221, and then September, it was 208. August, he hit those nine home runs, which really put him on the map. In September, in October, he hit four. Still decent, mm-hmm. but he's batting 208. You get a guy that's hitting four to five home runs, but batting 208, you're looking at, like, Adam Dunn. And yeah. were you drafting Adam Dunn in the second, third, fourth round in any fantasy league? No. Never. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you there, and, and I think I've rambled on a little little too long with the Schwarber thing, but my actual bus, and I'll do this real quick, was, is Russell Martin. Um, huge power spike um, from last year. Had to expect it a little bit with, with Toronto. Um, but his batting average is pretty bad, and you can see, you know, you can see it like his, a, rise, a rise in strikeouts, a, de- a decrease in walk. Um, his, his age is sitting 32, and that can start to really catch up on a catcher. So I think Russell Martin's kind of in for a decline and a and a, and a bust here. Um, <clears throat> so next we will we will hit up some first basemen, and uh, you don't know how to play first base, Scott. That's right. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard. I got a quiz again. Where, where's that one from? That's Moneyball. Come on. I thought that one was going to be easy. I did see that one, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't retain much from movie lines, I guess. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll stop quizzing you so you don't look so bad. Um, anyway, so first baseman. Um, the the one thing that kind of comes out that, you know, speaks to me right away with first base is there's a lot of players that lost first base eligibility this year, and it's actually a lot of catchers that lost first base eligibility more than anything. You know, you look at LaCroix, McCann, uh, Grandal, and then you got V-Mart, who I think in some leagues still had first base eligibility last year. Um, yeah. You know, got guys like, I think you were telling me Todd Frazier. Um, yeah. Frazier lost it. Uh, Prince Fielder lost it. So Fielder, wait, Fielder lost it. Yeah. No. He's, I, he, in some leagues he may still be there, but um what what I was reading earlier on ESPN, he's he's D D H eligible only. Oh wow, you're right. He has 18 games at D in the first base. Huh. 
It's interesting. Yeah, two games he missed the spot. That's that's pretty crazy. I didn't even realize that. Um, so yeah, like there's a lot of guys that have dropped off the list, and it's it's also a position that's getting old. You look at yeah. Miggy and Votto, they're 32. Agon's 33, going on 34. Fielder, who I've listed him, but he doesn't even have first base eligibility. Uh, but he's 31, 32. You know, Edwin Encarnacion's 33. Pujols is 36. You know, these guys that have been the cornerstones of that position for a long time, they're getting old. And there's just, there's not a lot of young guys really, like, taking over. Um and and you know like for for draft strategy, um, I still just think that the, the top end of this position though is just so great. Like there's so many good. There, there's still like the top level talent in this position is still so good though, and so you still want to be able to try and go out and get you know one, maybe even two of those top ten, twelve guys which is going to be really hard to do because those guys all go in the first like six rounds, seven rounds of every, of every league. So you're going to have to give up something to get two of those guys, but it might yeah. matter. Like it might be a good thing to do. And, and you know, two, three years ago, it was like, absolute Like you had to have two of those guys to be able to compete. I felt like, um, so I, I what's, what's your draft strategy on, on this? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of changed over the past few years as far as where I'm going and, and whatnot. Um, but I definitely, last year I kind of sat a little bit on first base. And, I mean, it was it was okay for me. I, I, I still did all right. But this year I'm changing that strategy around a little bit. I definitely want one of those top guys. Um you know, it's just it's it's where the power seems to be coming from these days um, with those top elite guys, um, and and even some of the you know the ones that you were talking about like the you know the ten ten through twelve ten through fifteen, you're still getting power out of those guys. So I feel like you need to at least spend you know maybe a, a third round is probably as late as I'm going to go this year to get one of these guys, depending on how the draft goes. But I don't see it not going first base heavy early. Yeah, it's it's pretty top heavy. And from all the drafts I've seen, you know, those guys go really early. So that's, I think that's definitely a, a big, uh, a really good strategy there. So it sounds like we, we pretty much agree on that. Um yeah. But you know, one of these guys, like a lot of these guys, like we said, they're they're getting old, um, and with old age comes injury. And one of the big guys who's been around for a long time and been one of the best was the number one pick for a few years in fantasy baseball, Miguel Cabrera. But does his injury history scare you enough to leave him alone in drafts? Yes. Um... I, I say that kind of questioning it, but I mean, I had Miggy a few years ago, loved what he did for me, but then he was injured at the end of the season and it hurt me, um, you know, when I was trying to make a, a run towards the playoffs um, and even in the playoffs, you know, I, I didn't have my stud for first baseman, um, you know, and, and this year, I mean, his numbers are going to be there as long as, as he stays healthy. But as we've seen, when he's not healthy, he still tries to play, and I think it does more damage than good. Uh, And and that's affecting, obviously, your fantasy team. So if, for whatever reason, people are kind of passing on him, and and I'm looking in that late second round or, or early third round, and he's still sitting there when... You know, maybe someone has gone, uh, you know, Goldsmith's gone, Rizzo's gone, Encarnacion, Abreu, Davis, maybe even Vado and, and, and Aegon. If for some reason he's still sitting there, then I'll take. You know, I'm, I'm definitely like him above some of those later guys. But 
it does scare me, and, and it's always going to kind of be there in the back of my head, you know, well, I need a backup plan. So if I am reaching on him and going for him early, I'm definitely spending, you know, another two rounds later on another first baseman because I don't want to be stuck not having a backup plan. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, if you draft one of these injury-prone guys, you know, you've always got to have a backup plan. And it might, you know, like you said, it might force your hand to draft one of these guys a little earlier than than you wanted to, um, which is which is risky. It's definitely risky because it means you're passing up on other, maybe more safe bets at other positions. But you know, if sometimes you got to take those risks to win, so that's that's not always always a bad thing. Um, but moving on. So last year, you know, a lot of people passed up on Joey Votto because he had been injured and he, you know, he was always seen as a guy that wasn't getting enough RBI and runs because his team wasn't very good. Um, But then last year, you know, Joey Votto busted out, uh, busted, I guess I should say busted back out. Um, And, you know, he was one of the top first basemen last year, but, um, do you think that that's the Joey Votto we can expect this year? Like, is it for real, or was it just kind of like, you know, flash in the pan again for him? Um, I, I mean, I'm a little on the fence with Votto just because of the obvious downfall that he had. You know, seemed like he was losing his power, and he just had these spikes where, you know, he kind of went in and out, you know, from 2008 to to 2011, you know, he was 24 homers, 25 homers, 37 homers, 29 homers. And then he dropped all the way to 14 in 2012. Granted, he was injured and he missed a lot more time that year. But then even in 13, he spiked back up to 24 back down again in 2014 and he was injured most of the season 2014 but I just think those injuries kind of crept up and and really affected him a lot but here again he's you know at that every other year stage where last year he played in 158 games crushed with a 314 average um, and had 29 homers so I mean, the RBIs were were nice at 80. It was, you know, a little down from his, his highest totals, over 100 back in 10 and 11. But, you know, he was hitting right around his career average, and the homers were there again. So, I mean, I, I, if he's sitting there, I might think about it, but I, I don't know because that injury history – does scare me a lot with him. And, you know, he kind of proved me wrong last year, but, you know, if he's going on this every other trend where he's healthy, then he's injured a year, then he's healthy, then he's injured a year, this is his injury year. So I I might be shying away from him a little bit more. Yeah. He had a ridiculous ridiculous war of 7.6 games last year. So yeah, it, it is that yeah, it's very high and highest. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I definitely like I definitely like Vado. Um, you know, yeah, you know, everything I said in the beginning, like his his numbers do get hurt a little bit by the number of walks he takes. I mean, his OBP on base percentage was four fifty nine last year. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a twenty percent walk rate last year. Who walks twenty percent of the time they're at the plate? Like and it's, it's so like that does, it hurts his numbers. But at the same time, like you know, it's 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 good and bad. Um but I mean the one thing I look at is like his his home run rate his a home run, sorry, his home run to fly ball rate was was higher than normal. So I think we might see a little bit of dip in power, um, you know. But 
I don't know. I I don't know if I think I can't remember what his injuries were, but I think they were just kind of like like I think he had like a hip injury or something, and so like I don't know if that kind of thing comes back normally on players, but I feel like he was trying to play through it too, and that didn't help. Um, yeah. In in 2014, and so it was just like, you know, now that now that, as soon as he got healthy, you saw like the true Votto. Um, and I, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence too. I think, but I think I'm leaning more toward yes. Like, I'll I'll trust him again. I'm not going to take him in the first three rounds if that's where he goes. Like, you can have him because you do you don't get the RBI, you don't get the run support for him because of the Cincinnati Reds offense. Um, yeah. But you know, it's the power might go down to like 25 home runs. It's still good. It's not great. Um, but yeah, it's it's Joey Votto, especially in OBP leagues, man. Like he's legit. Um, yeah. So if you're in OBP league, you definitely got to boost Votto up a lot. Um, but a, a guy that I think is losing, you know, losing steam in fantasy fantasy baseball. Freddie Freeman, two years ago, man, this guy was thought to be one of the top three first basemen, top four first basemen. Like he was coming off a great year, and in I know in our league, he he was one of my four keepers. That was a yeah. mistake. <laughs> um, and it it's kind of the same deal with him with Isvato. Like I think he's still good. But he's on a really bad team, and he is suffering because of it. Like, and it kind of shows that maybe he's not as good of a player as everybody thought he was. Because usually, good players, even when they're on bad teams, John Carlos San, uh, get their numbers. Yeah. You know, they they do their thing. Um, Freeman is not. Um, you know, he always had a high batting average, but that's kind of been dropping. Um, he, his, his bad bit last year dropped to league average. So two years ago, it was like up in the three seventies. I think there, yeah. Two years ago, it was like up in three seventies. The year after that, it was like three fifty ish. And then the, and then the last year was like right around three twenty, which is like league average. So, and you can see it's like batting average dip because of it. You know, he's never – I don't think he's going to be like a 30, 35 home run guy. Um, so you're just not going to get that from him. So he's kind of like a like a mini Votto, but not as good. And, like, if he's not going to have a good team around him, he's not going to be a great first baseman for fantasy baseball. Yeah, I mean, looking at the team, there really isn't – anything scary on this team. You got Marcakis, who's like a decent on on base guy. You know, N C Arte they got, you know, Michael Bourne came back. Uh, apparently they picked up Eric Ibar at some point. Um Jace Peterson at second. Uh Prasinski, you know, old man river behind the plate who can still hit a little bit but Another guy who's getting up there, and Adonis Garcia is their uh, their third baseman. So I just—he's the only guy on this team that I like. Um, I mean, but I do like him. I, I I think he's still a viable option. I mean, last year his average was slightly down from from his career number of, of 288, where he was sitting at 276. So that that's playable. Um, you know, his home runs weren't too far off his average output either. And he still missed 44 games last year. So you got to factor that in. Um, but, you know, is that going to be a problem moving forward? You know, is he now getting into this, this age where, okay, now he's going to be an injury risk every year. But, you know, it, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be opposed to taking him with my second first baseman pick at all. I think he's definitely still going to help your team. Um, And I definitely like him better than some of these guys that are, that are right behind him. Um, You know, Eric Hosmer, 
Lucas Duda, Mark Teixeira, his only value is in home runs, I feel like, and, and I guess RBIs. Um, but I, I still like Freeman. I, I mean, I'm still giving him a chance. I, I wouldn't be looking at him in a keeper league right now. Um, and, and I don't fault you last year for keeping him, but I didn't give him last year before. <laughs> What's that? It was the year before. It was after his like oh, big breakout geez. year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I still like the guy. I, I think I think he's young enough. He can still put it together. But it's just going to matter of who's going to protect him on on that team, and there really isn't anybody. No, there's there's really not, and you know. I, like I said, it's it's gonna be hard for him to get any sort of numbers. It's it's almost like it's worse than Votto, because um, at least Votto is, can kind of carry his own sometimes. Yeah, but we we mentioned Pujols um, earlier on. He's thirty six years old. He's been struggling. He, you know, he's had his bouts with injuries off and on, but he's always kind of been able to stay on the field and, and produce, you know, somewhat Albert Pujols like. Um, you know, he, he's not the 2010 Albert Pujols from the you know, from the St. Louis Cardinals, but you know, he's he's been a viable first base option. I feel like for the most part. Um, but last year, you know, a lot of people, despite hitting 40 home runs considered him to be a disappointment and it was thanks to his career low 244 batting average and i didn't realize this his bat bip was 217 that's awful um i don't know if i've ever seen somebody with a bat bip of 217 and hits 40 home runs i mean that pretty much means that everything he hit went out <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, and I was looking at it. His home run to fly ball rate was back up near his Cardinal days, so he was like in a weird zone last year where he had the power, but he couldn't hit any line drives. He couldn't get on base, and you know, so much that his you know his line drive rate was like one of his lowest in his career, and and I think all of that led to the batting average dip. Now, to me, that means. To me, that's saying he's getting old. You know, he's he's not able to hit like he used to. Doesn't mean he's going to hit 244 this year. I kind of doubt it. I still think he's good enough to hit better than 244. Um, I also don't think he's going to hit 40 again. I think he'll be at best 30. I really think you're going to see a dip in his home runs this year. Um, you know, but he might be back up there near like the 280 range. And you know that's a to me that's like a good trade off that kind of keeps him a little more valuable because he doesn't crush you in one position um, or one category. So I I'm kind of not really sure about Bulls. Like, can he rebound at the age of 36? Is the question I didn't actually say the question, uh, but <laughs> can he? You know, do you think he can rebound? I'm not so sure. I kind of think it's gonna be like a a big mix of he might balance back out a little bit. Um, but I don't know if that's really a rebound. I don't know if it's enough. Yeah, I mean, he's still worth it for me. Um, I think he's got – yeah, he is older. You know, he's obviously on the down slope. But the average being way down, I really don't see that happening again. Um, you know, the home runs and RBIs were still there. Uh, I mean, it's 40 home runs. It's crazy. I mean, he hasn't done that since 2010. Came close right. in 11, but I don't think I see him hitting 40 either. I would give him, you know, easily 30. I think he could be maybe up to 34, 35. But, you know, the other stat here, his his OPS the last three years has been under 800. The last five years it's been under 1,000. So that just shows the downslope that, that it's become. So if he can maybe tick that up a little bit more, that's going to help him out a little bit, I feel like. But mm-hmm. 
I think with you know with getting the higher average bumped up, that number will also end up going up. I mean, it's just how it works. But you know, he's consistent. He's played in almost every game in really one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, six of the last seven years, really. So. I mean, 2013 was was the most injury riddled he's been, and in that season he was only 99 games, and he and he had a 258 average. So that's the closest that he's had average wise to this past year. But you know his career average is sitting at 312. So is he going to hit for 312 again? No. Um, could I see him hitting in the 270s? Yeah, I do. Um, so, and he's in a powerful lineup, not like a Freddie Freeman where he's the only guy there that you have to worry about. Um, so, hell, he's probably not even the second, third, fourth guy you need to worry about. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's still got. I think he's still going to be a good option. Um, and especially if people are going to be scared away from him, you know, when he sits for a while, I'd absolutely be happy to have him as, as my second, you know, first base player. Um, especially if I have a Miggy, uh, or, or a Vado, you know, one of these other potential injury guys that we talked about. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if I'm taking it as my second one, you know, to back up somebody like that, then yeah, that's probably not a, a terrible thing to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of iffy on him. I probably won't really make him a target, but if you know if he falls to the right spot, then, then yeah, absolutely, I'm not going to be an idiot and let him just go to the next to the next team in a, you know as a huge bargain. Um. But, you know, that said, so, you know, to move on to our sleepers and finish things off here. So I'll start off again and, and we'll we'll make the, the wrap around. So my sleeper is going to be Ryan Zimmerman. And, I, man, I had a real hard time picking a sleeper. Like, I just didn't really like any of them past the, the top 10, 11, 12 guys, really. Um, it. But Zimmerman, you know, he's got the pedigree. He's been injured for what it seems forever. Um, and everything you read now is that he's healthy, he's feeling good. Everybody says that, so hopefully it's true. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I'm just banking on. He's going to be super, super cheap in every draft. That's kind of why I'm saying he's a sleeper. You're going to be able to get him for dirt cheap. And if he can produce even 80%, 75% of what he did at his best, you're going to get you're going to get return on dollar and then some for what you're going to pay for him, so that that's a it's a good 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 sleeper pick um, at first base. I feel like. Yeah, I like Zimmerman. You know, I've, I've liked him for a few years. So as long as he can get past the injuries, I think it's worth you know a real late round pick. Um, my sleeper, I don't, and I don't know if he's really much of a sleeper because he's. A little higher up, but I'm going with Brandon Belt. Um, you know, his, his average last year was was slightly above his career average. You know, from uh, of of 271, he was hitting a 280 clip last year. You know, he he's always kind of had the power, and he had it again last year in somewhat limited action because he was only in 137 games. You know, in my eyes, he he could easily be a, a 20 homer, you know, 80 RBI guy this year if he can stay healthy, you know, based on his output from last year and what he averaged in those games. So I, I like Brandon Belt, um, you know, and he he'd easily be a target for me. Yeah, I've always liked Belt a little bit, but his injuries, man, they always they always seem to screw me over. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I've I've always had kind of a thing for Brandon Belt. I don't know why. I feel like if he could ever just put it together, he'd be he'd be a stud. Yeah. Well, this could be the year. So what you got there for your for your bust? My bust. Uh, I'm gonna go with another guy who I 
I think is kind of, you know, riding the ultimate high from last year, uh, not only from the stats that he put up, but also because he was on the world champion Kansas City Royals. Um, shout out Mark Smith. Uh, our, our boy Eric Hosmer, um, you know, his his average, his home runs, and his RBIs were way up from last year. So you, you definitely have to look at that and see some sort of regression closer to his career averages coming. Um, I mean, he's a guy that, that's kind of always been really highly touted, too. Um, so maybe that, that production was just what everybody was expecting to see, and maybe he's finally put it together. But I'm not buying it. I mean, he's had too many years of lackluster, you know, maybe is a bit of a strong uh, adjective for it, but that's what I'm going to go with. I would he's say a kind strong of adjective for him. I've always been kind of lukewarm on Eric Hosmer. He's never really done anything all that great except batting average. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it was always like, Oh, he could be, you know, the the first baseman to get you steals. Like, what was it getting you? Like ten stolen bases? Like, you're not winning the category because you have a first baseman that could steal you ten stolen bases. Um, like you're gonna lose categories because you have a first baseman that's giving you seventy five RBI and seventy five runs and twelve home runs. But you know, last year he broke out, so now everybody's like, Oh my god, Eric Hosmer, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I I kind of and agree with you, man. It's he's, kind of he's not even mediocre. getting the stolen bases anymore. 2012 was his highest career stolen bases with 16, and he bookended that with, with 11 in 2011 and 2013. Then right. he dropped all the way down to only four in 13. I'm sorry, in 2014, and he had seven last year. What, who, who cares? Seven stolen bases. You can find twice as many of that on the guys you pick up in freaking, you know, a Monday or a Thursday min- minimal amount of games days. So I, I could care less about his stolen bases. But, you know, yeah. he, he doubled his home runs. He nearly doubled his RBIs. Um, you know, he was still about the same in strikeouts, but he's, yeah, you know, I had a little bit higher uptick in that. He did double his walks, too. But, you know, I don't. I just don't see it. Nearly doubled his runs. It's like what? What is? What? How is that? How yeah, is, I mean, the only thing you can say he's got going for him is is you know we were talking about this earlier. Is there's a lack of young first baseman in the in the game yeah. right now, and he is still young. You know, he's 26 years yep. of age, and so like he's going into that prime. So maybe he's hit it. Um, I just I just don't know. Like I I'm kind of with you on this and. And may, hey, maybe we're wrong. You know, I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna say we're never wrong. Um, we are wrong a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, you know, I will say we are right more than we are wrong. Uh, and and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe Hosmer will prove it's both wrong. But I think we're both kind of in agreement there. But I'll finish off things here real quick. Um, my bust, Adrian Gonzalez. You know, he he had a down year last year. He, he is one of the older one of the older first basemen and um yeah it's definitely not getting any younger here so his two big months you know he hit 28 home runs last year that was great um but he hit 16 total home runs eight in each month in april and july other than that he hit 10 total in four other months that's that's not so great um Batting average dipped again for the fourth year in a row. Uh, if, if he loses, if he loses any more power, then he becomes honestly he becomes Eric Hosmer of two years ago <laughs> with a worse batting average. Um, so it's not horrible because Hosmer was never horrible, but it's just not Adrian Gonzalez level, and it's not worth. Uh, I had his ADP written down here somewhere. I just closed my my rankings out for some dumb reason, but uh, you know. It's not. It doesn't match up to where he's going in drafts because of the you know the years that he's had prior. Like people aren't expecting the regression to happen. They're just expecting the same thing, so they're drafting him too much. Um, so yeah. So that's what we have today for the for the uh, for the show. 
Hope you enjoyed the catcher and the first base preview here next week i believe if i remember the schedule we're going to be doing second base and short stops and then we're going to keep continuing moving down the, the list <clears throat> for the next few weeks with all the positions uh, while we get you all ready and geared up for the 2016 fantasy baseball season and um go ahead and, and follow me on twitter at fantasy six pack all spelled out one word uh, check me out on fantasy6pack.net and so-called fantasy experts. And AJ, uh, go ahead and tell them where they can find you. Yep, you guys can find me on Twitter at Apple Garth Algar with the A's uh, in Apple and Algar and the G capitalized. If it matters, I don't know. You can probably find it regardless. But I'm on there. Come follow me. Tweet me. And uh, I'll respond to you and hopefully get some good questions on some fantasy stuff. Man. All right. Well, everybody have a good night. Thank you for listening and um, talk to you next week.